This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Coming up later, there's a big trend in the cell phone industry that can work to your advantage. I'm going to tell you how it plays out. So State Farm, I think is the largest homeowners insurer in the country, sets a lot of trends for a lot of their competitors. And State Farm has been being sued um, multiple lawsuits around the country because State Farm changed coverage and homeowners policies and just lost a lawsuit in the state of Pennsylvania for quite a bit of money. And the lawsuit concerned how people were notified by State Farm of the changes in their policy that were actually taking benefits away, but referring to it in the information being communicated to homeowners policyholders as additional coverages. So sounding like they were giving you more benefits when State Farm was actually taking them away. And so there was a great write-up in the Philadelphia Inquirer about what they were up to and what State Farm has done is they've greatly limited coverage in the event you have water damage in your home. And so now you're facing a lot more out-of-pocket. So you're paying for this coverage that now has been, excuse the pun, watered down by State Farm. So they've been sued two different ways. One on the coverage reduction that people have had, and the other on the misleading nature of how State Farm informed people all over the country that their benefits under their homeowners policies were being reduced. So the reason for this is water damage claims are a huge deal for homeowners insurers. And homeowners insurers step by step have been reducing the coverage that you have under your policy, not reducing your premiums necessarily, but reducing the coverages engaging in the risk management business instead of insurance. And State Farm insures best guess by industry sources about one in five homes in the United States. And so they're huge in homeowners insurance. So what you need to know is that you should look at homeowners insurance maybe differently than you have in the past. Don't expect it to be comprehensive or cover every eventuality. Look at it as something that deals with a catastrophe at your home, a major fire, a major event that would require substantial rebuilding or a complete rebuild of your home has become really the purpose of homeowner's insurance. Don't treat it as something for incidents, something that happens that caused what for you may feel like a major thing, but to the insurer is like nothing. 
So that's why I encourage you very much as a homeowner to raise your deductibles on your homeowner's insurance as high as if you have a mortgage on your home, as high as your mortgage company will let you do, and as high as you can stand. The benefit of that is twice, two things. One, you end up with a lower total premium by raising your deductible, and two, you're less tempted to make a claim for smaller things. And the benefit of that is the insurer is not going to surcharge you for having had a claim or cancel you, or what they call non-renew you, for having made that claim. Chris joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. How are you? Yes. Hi, I'm great. How about you, Clark? Great, thank you. You have been hearing a pitch about how there's an esoteric, special kind of whole life insurance policy that is magical and can make Um, you rich. Right. Pretty much. And did you hear this pitch from a salesperson or on the internet or from an ad, or what's the story, how you found your way to it? Well, actually, he is a certified financial planner, claims to be a fiduciary, and has a CPA firm that did my taxes, and that's where I heard about it. So I am unalterably opposed to using life insurance as an investment. Okay. Because the expenses involved in it in a life insurance policy are so gigantic that it is an extremely inefficient way to save money. And it's pitched a lot as a way for you to do tax-free investing or tax-advantaged investing. Was that how it was explained to you? Basically, what they say is that you pay for the premium, but then you pay extra, which they word that money as paid up additions, and it apparently it builds dividends, and then you can actually pull money back out of the account to use as a tax-free loan. Right, right, right. That's, that's the standard pitch I've heard through the years. I'm surprised that this individual is a fiduciary. Maybe this individual is, but that is not mainstream advice. And I would encourage you to really be cautious before you get involved in using life insurance as a supposed way for you to do extra great tax-free investing. Elizabeth's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Elizabeth. And congratulations on being a freshly minted college graduate. What's your degree in? Thank you. Construction management and accounting. No way, no way. Yes, sir. So you have you have two majors, or did you yes, a major sir. and a minor? Two major. It's actually two majors and a minor. So it's a management degree with a construction emphasis minor and an accounting degree. Wow. You just yes. wanted to make sure that no matter what, you were going to be highly sought after in the job market. <laughs> yes, that's my plan. Great. Well, how can I be of help? It sounds like you've got it all together. Yes, I hope so. I so I'm graduating, and I while graduate with no student loans, my parents have saved for me from day one, basically, um, and they're gifting me my car. And then I won't really have any bills until my current contracts are up. My parents don't want to break any contracts until they end. Um, so I kind of want to. I want to be able to pay for my children's college one day. I want to have a healthy retirement fund, and I want to be able to travel some. So I wanted some advice on. Going into the workforce, what should I be looking for? 
and what should I kind of do to put me on the path of what I, how I want my financial well, life? Especially because your expenses are going to be so low from your first job forward. Yes. If you're offered a 401k mm-hmm. and they offer two flavors, which most employers will offer both, either a traditional 401k or a Roth 401k, go Mm -hmm. Roth 401k if that's available to you okay and put in the maximum you are allowed to put in by that employer okay that is the most important thing to do that right out of college and do that consistently your parents created an enormous buffet of options for you because they had been such diligent savers (laughs) and you have learned that and benefited from that from them So now repeat that cycle, and in your early 20s, absolutely hands down, the most important thing is to do the retirement plan at work, and because your expenses are so very low, also do a Roth IRA. Okay. And and if you don't have a 401k offered where you go to work, at least do the full annual contribution you're allowed to a Roth IRA. Okay. And you you start off young, saving all that money, it makes a big difference. Now, as far as vacations, I would love it if you take a certain percent of your pay and put it uh, where it's a split thing where a portion, maybe 5% of your check, whatever, goes into a vacation savings account at a credit okay. union every month. Okay. And they just call that uh, split deposit of a paycheck. And so you're automatically building up that savings into a vacation fund and you have that money for you that you can pay cash for a vacation. And the more motivated you are to take vacations, the more of your pay you'll divert into that and the more you'll save and the more trips you'll get to take. Great for you. Johnny, you want to buy tires, right? Uh, well, it's for a 13 Prius, and thank you for taking my call. Sure. Mark, appreciate it. So shopping around for tires is a confusing thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's been probably five years since I've actually had to shop for tires, and uh, there's just so many options nowadays. I mean, you have your local tire shop, the car dealer, your big box stores, and even online. I'm just kind of wondering what the best option is to get the best deal. Well, I suggest that anytime you're looking at tires, you start your search at TireRack.com. Okay. Have you ever been to that website? I have, but it's been a while. So TireRack, why I like them so much, is they have a massive selection of tires available. And so you put in your make, in your case the Toyota Prius, put in your model year, and they'll show you two things. They've got tire centers that will install their tires, and they show you who's available near your zip code and what they charge to install the tires. And then they show you all the choices of tires available. And so you can start with that, and you get the price points. You see what it would cost to have them installed in your neighborhood. And then you take that information, and you can either right at that point just go ahead and buy from Tire Rack. But if you're like me and you want to make sure you're getting the best deal then you go the additional steps of whatever warehouse club you're a member of are you a member of sam's or costco yes i am check out what they've got 
they are both very good at selling tires. They may well be cheaper depending on the model you have. And the other thing would be to try a couple of the local tire stores and then make right, your now, call the, from that. The tire rack, will, will they ship directly to you and also to the retailer to get the Exactly. Well? Exactly. So okay. you can pick. So if you pick somebody who you're going to have install for you, they will be able to ship directly to them. And because who wants to have tires coming to your house? And then you got to put them in the back of the Prius and drive them to the tire center that's going to install them. It's just so much smarter to have them go straight to the tire center. Right. So then, so then you also see all the time these advertising for buy three, get one free. And even this morning I saw on the news, or it was an ad for buy two, get two free. But it, you have to get the maintenance package, balance, all this other stuff that's involved. Yeah, so... And I think in the so, long run, it's almost not even worth doing that. Right. So those are come-ons to get you to come in. And in that case, you don't want to take the bait unless you price the total thing. And if their total thing, buy two, get two free with whatever else they make you buy, if it's really cheaper than the other offers, then go for it. Otherwise... I think it's as as much or as little time as you want to spend here. If you spend a little more, you can end up saving a lot of money on the purchase of right. tires. One of the nice things with Tire Rack, by the way, is you'll see all the posted reviews on a particular tire brand and style model number you're thinking of buying. Okay. Uh, another question, is there a time of the year that's better to buy that has better deals on tires than any other if time there, of year? If there is a better time of year to buy tires, that's not something I'm aware of. Okay. You know, generally, I bought tires as, you know, as I've needed them. And, you know, when the tires start to get to that point where they're worn, and, you know, there's that nice, easy mark now on a tire, that little ridge where the tire will tell you when it's time to replace it do you know what i'm talking right. about it's a yeah absolutely yeah so and i think they also have the uh the penny test i guess that hits the the tray hits the head of, of the lincoln and that's yeah possibly time to change as well right so i think that the more important thing rather than time of the year is the shopping you do and you sound like you're a shopper anyway so i bet you're going to find a great deal on those tires Horace is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Horace, you got a letter from a collection agency, and doesn't seem right, does it? What's the scoop? No, it doesn't. Uh, I'm not sure yet. I've been, all my efforts to run it down, I have not been successful. I have, I have not contacted the collection agency itself. I'm not sure I should even do that. So but, they uh, sent you a, a letter saying, you owe us this much money, we're collecting a debt. Do they tell you who they're collecting the debt for? Give me one name, but, but there isn't a group in our town that has that exact name. There's a, there are a couple of groups that have that name plus some other names. Is it like a medical-type collection? Yes. You know, yes. half of all items showing on people's credit report are medical items where... Maybe there was a balance bill or whatever you never got, something like that. But I never want you to pay anything like that unless you can truly verify that it is a valid debt of yours. 
Do you know about annualcreditreport.com? Is that part of karma? No, it's a separate thing. It's the government-sanctioned site for you to get a free copy of all three of your credit reports, and you're allowed to do it once a year. Uh-huh. And if you go to annualcreditreport.com, you can see if there is any collection listed on any of your three reports. Are you a Credit uh-huh. Karma member, though? Yes. And so you've already been to there, and it's not showing on the two, because you get to see two out of your three files there. I asked for a credit report from Karma, and they came out, and my report says like 80, 820 Excellent. Okay. So what I would do with this collection agency, if you don't feel you owe this, on the back, they tell you about writing the 10-day letter. You know, you write them, and I have a sample of the letter you send to the collection agency telling them to provide proof of the debt, that you dispute the validity of the debt. And if they don't have proof of it, they just flat out have to go away. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. I've got a tip for you that may be surprising. At a time that Apple has pushed the cost of the smartphone up to as high as $1,600 for the latest iPhone series, and Samsung is now getting ready to introduce a cell phone that likely will break fully featured the $2,000 barrier, you may see the cell phone universe as all about prices going up, 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 and away. But that's actually not what's going on. The sale of smartphones around the world is in decline now. Never happened since... The smartphone was invented originally by, I guess, uh, the Windows phones that were the first version of the Windows phones that were actually terrible, but it was the first concept of the smartphone from that forward, and especially with the introduction of the first iPhone, the era of the smartphone led to ever-increasing sales. But now we've turned the other way. And the real news on the cell phone front is that there are more and more fantastic cell phones that are available in the range of $200 to $399, basically $200 to $400. And there are many, many great choices available because the marketplace is saying, you got to convince us that we want to spend money on your product We don't gotta, gotta, gotta have it because we're in an incremental era with cell phones and pretty much anybody who wants a smartphone already has one. So I want you to know that there are certain cell phone manufacturers that are specializing in making mid-market phones. One of them is a company that used to dominate cell phones worldwide and has become basically a non-factor That's Nokia. Nokia makes some fantastic mid-range cell phones at prices that are generally around $300 or so with big screen phones. And Motorola has phones that range from budget level at about $100 to pretty advanced phones 
that top out at about $400. And so those two companies have recognized the shift in the marketplace. One other brand that you may not be familiar with at all is a cult phone called the OnePlus. OnePlus is a company that usually only has one or two phones in the marketplace at the time. And what they do is they put on the most advanced hardware and features on their phones, but price them at half what the latest iPhone or Samsung would cost. So there are any of a number of strategies you can use to find affordable phones. And if you're really on a budget, look at the Alcatels that are smartphones that are available under $100 and up, or the Blue Phones, BLU, that the phones are $59 and up. Connor's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Connor. Hi, Clark. You want to talk solar? Yeah, that's right. So are you thinking of doing whole house solar or solar hot water, or where are you on the solar thing? Well, um, I'm kind of looking for guidance. I, I don't really know what is possible or recommended, but I've, I've played with a few calculators to see what costs look like, and I'm getting some conflicting information that seems to indicate that even with if there are rebates available, that it's potentially like a negative kind of investment, like it wouldn't ever pay itself back or it would take too long to pay itself back so it is possible i mean you know you live in missouri right so the places in the country where it has the greatest payback are the states where uh will nationally you get 30 percent back on whatever it costs you but the states where it has the greatest quickest payback are states with a lot of sun and high energy costs that combination absolutely makes it work hawaii number one california number two the rest of the southwest generally it works very well texas is a mixed bag because in texas the energy costs are low but the sun shines so brightly and florida is one of the best cases where almost no solar is installed. But for you in Missouri, making the numbers work is more iffy. I see. So uh, if you take a, a typical system that will cost you, what have you been quoted for whole house solar? I don't remember offhand. I want to say it was something like 20000 Yeah, twenty is the typical quote. And so after the 30% credit, you end up at 14. What do you spend per month on power right now? Uh, so actually, this is a house that I don't own yet. Um, oh, okay. It's kind of an unusual deal, but I, I know somebody who rehabs houses in a particular neighborhood, and so he owns the house now, and I get to have kind of input on what goes into the project. And Well, the key is until you know what kind of monthly bills that house typically runs, you're missing a key variable to figure out if it would make sense or not. So there are places in the country where it's just almost a no-brainer, others where you really got to put pen to paper to see if it will, in fact, pay off. And right now, too many questions for you to answer. 
Jerry joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jerry. Good afternoon, Clark. Thanks how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Hope you are. I am. Tell me how I can be of service for you with life insurance. Thanks so much, Clark. I, I appreciate your time. Sure. So I have a 20-year term life insurance that I'm 10 years into. We have four children who are ages 10 years and younger. And you're sane. I'm sorry? You're sane? You have four young children? (laughs) (laughs) You are a tougher man than I am, Jerry. Well, we we have been blessed with these four young ones. It it is a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Um, you bought this when the first first child was uh, born, right? Correct. So how can I help? So my my wife is a stay-at-home mom, so there's one income in the house. The agent that I bought my first life insurance um, policy with you know, suggest that it's time to, to renew and get more up-to-date since we've had a few more children since then, which, which I agree with. They went through a list of uh, companies and sort of shopped around and, and got a, a rate that they say is the, the cheapest one, the most competitive one they found. But my question for you is, it's with a company that I'm not familiar with. I mean, I'm not in the insurance business, so I'm not sure that i would necessarily be in the know of all the top companies out there, but it's not one that I've ever heard before. And my question for you was, how should I factor in the reputability or the, the name recognition of a company for a life insurance policy as opposed to the, the price that's being offered? Right. So here's the key. There's no way with all the hundreds or thousands of life insurance companies, you could know them all. So you want to check their AM best rating. And that's available for you for free on the web. Make sure you get the exact name of the life insurer because there are many life insurers with similar names. So you want the full name of it, and you just put that in a a Google search or whatever search engine you use, and you put in the name of the company, and then you follow that AM Best rating. And if the company is rated A double plus, which is the highest rating by AM Best, you can buy that policy and sleep well at night knowing it's going to be great. Okay. Um, if this company is a lot cheaper than maybe the next cheapest, then you could go to A+, but no lower. Okay. And as long as you do that, it doesn't matter what they're called. You know, that you, you haven't heard of them, maybe I haven't heard of them. It's the financial safety of the insurer is core and key And as far as how much insurance you should buy, I have a back-of-the-envelope answer. The agent you're talking to may have a very different one. I would say you buy a level-term policy for 10 times your current annual income. And that's just the simplest answer I can give about how much coverage you should have. And again, stick with level-term like you got and with really young ones in the house look at perhaps even looking at a 30-year policy for the level term. Javier is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Javier. Oh, hi, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. appreciate it. I'm glad to be here with you. You have a situation that I have experienced in my own life. What's going on? So my dad has been trying to take out some additional credit and loans, and um, he's 
he's kind of struggling with his short-term memory, so sometimes he'll do it, and then I think he goes back and tries to find a good deal again. And um, at this point, he doesn't really need to do any of that. His uh, finances are kind of taken care of, and we have him on a budget. But he still is trying to do this on his own. With, and I think it's, uh, it, he's not making very good decisions. This is so hard. You know, my late mother, we went through a progressive dementia with her, and we had to more and more restrict how she handled finances till she couldn't handle hers at all anymore. And it is a very uncomfortable conversation. How many siblings do you have? Uh, I have two, two other brothers, and one of them actually has the financial power of attorney at this point. Okay, so you're already taking those right steps. Um, does your dad have a checkbook anymore? Yeah, he does. All right, so I would suggest that uh, you as siblings get together and then uh, either one of you or better all of you, if it's, if it's practical to do so, sit down with your dad and explain to him that he's just not going to be able to carry a checkbook anymore or use one. Yeah, he's a little stubborn, so that seems a little difficult. I, I know, I know you want to meet stubborn. If you had met my mom while she was alive, you could really meet stubborn. <laughs> and we had to do it simply by force of will, you know, that your dad trusts the three of you, doesn't he? Yes, I believe he does, at least two out of three. All right. <laughs> In baseball, that would be a good batting average. <laughs> Um, so if there's a level of trust, I think that particularly the two that he really trusts need to just lay it out to him. And they may need to do so again and again if there's some short-term memory loss. And it doesn't get easier from here. I just want to tell you honestly, Javier, having experienced it for my mom's dementia period was 16 years from diagnosis to continually progressive or regressive, whatever you call that, dementia. And we had to have uncomfortable conversations with her a number of times over the years. Okay. And so this is not a single conversation. One thing we did as kids, there are four of us, is we had um, conference calls among us routinely, not like every week, but whenever something would come up that one of us would notice, it was like a red alert kind of thing. Or a yellow alert that we saw, ooh, mom did this, or mom did that, or I'm worried about mom doing this other thing. Uh, one day, our mom got uh, in her car when she still had one and ended up lost, not having any idea where she was trying to go or where she'd gone from. And that was when we had to take her car from her. And so it's all different kinds of things that you'll have to deal with as siblings. And I think with this, you just you don't want to end up in a position where you got to go get a you know a court action against your own dad to take away freedom from him. You want to do it as much as you can as a family unit, communicating, and you won't be perfect at it, but communicating what changes in his freedoms you'll need to make. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bob is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bob. How you doing? Hi, Clark. See, quick question. Wondering about apps or online audiobooks. I would prefer to listen to books than read them. So I'm just wondering what your suggestions would be. Well, I like... Preferably free. Yeah, well, I can help you with that because there are two that people, one, they love using, the other thing, like Hoopla, Digital.com, and Overdrive.com. Okay. And they allow you to borrow audiobooks, ebooks, digital movies, music, and it's all tied into you having a library card from your local library system. Oh, okay. So depending on where you live, you should check whether they're a participant in Hoopla or Overdrive. Okay. And you should be good to go. Thank you very much. All right. You enjoy those audio books. <laughs> I will. Okay. Dinah's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Dinah. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. Dinah, you have a question for me about terminology involving auto insurance. Hit me with it. Yes, sir. Um, I was trying to lower my insurance costs, my auto insurance, so I went to their app on my phone and was just fooling around with different numbers, and they offered me something called no-fault insurance. And I was just wondering if that is the same as liability insurance, and if if it's not, then would I be able to have enough no-fault insurance for the vehicle that I have a auto loan through? Okay, so what no-fault insurance is, and the rules for it vary by state, but generally what it means is that regardless of who's at fault in an accident, instead of the insurance companies trying to fight each other over who's going to pay, each insurer just takes care of its own insured. In some states, the way it works is that if the accident is a minor one, that then it's no fault. But if it goes above a certain dollar amount, then the insurers fight again. Okay. Now, liability is in the event you're in an accident, you're found at fault, let's say somebody's injured, and they want to come after you for everything in the world you have. And so the liability insurance steps in, the insurance company defends you and themselves, and they pay, if required, up to what you have liability insurance for. So they work very differently for different purposes, and liability insurance is your shield against somebody trying to make you poor, basically. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.